2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Hello, and welcome to the final Chelsea of the season. Oh, we're all probably breathing a sigh of relief over that. You're going to get rid of us for a few weeks, maybe months even. How long is the summer break? There's no football this summer really, is there? There's no World Cup because, oh yeah, that's in the middle of next season. Of course it is. Anyway... Joining me before, no doubt, Andy goes to the West Indies or somewhere incredibly expensive, because he's very, very rich, uh, is Mr Andy Saunders. How are you, Andy? Are you planning your holiday for the summer?
2: I'm as good as I was when I saw you less than 24 hours ago.
1: I just seem... Just such a short time ago, it
2: was well, actually indeed. a little bit more than 24 hours It was
0: ago, actually, it? as I say, it's actually about 27 hours ago.
2: It was actually about 27 hours
1: ago, I, it and yes, and that other, that you.
0: it was about 27 <laughs> hours, you know. To
2: see you could be rain man about it, I saw, I saw you as well, just over 27. We went for lunch, didn't we? It was nice.
1: It was, it was. That's Gary Hayes, of course. By the way, um, but I have to say, Andy, that that Ron Harris impression, we could have a run off
2: here. That was a Gary impression. That wasn't a Ron what? impression.
1: Oh, wasn't it? Well, it was better, better than <laughs> it was Gary's. Actually,
2: one. actually, more than twenty-four hours ago. <laughs> now <laughs> he's moved. Andy Royal... sounds
1: like a granddad.
2: No, he just I am a granddad. <laughs> Some That's things what...
0: never change. I was about to say
2: because <laughs> <laughs> you would moved to Royal Tunbridge Wells. Royal, royal.
1: Right. Oh yeah, you royal, went to the fake girl. Ivy there, didn't you? Knock off Ivy.
0: Yeah, it was rather delicious.
1: Was it? Yeah, but is it a real Ivy? I mean, Andy will know this because no, of course- Ivy's, just, Ivy's just a chain restaurant these days. Yeah, it is yeah. exactly. It's like I think, got and you Buckingham got a palace here new. as well. Buckingham Palace. What you live in? you live in Buckingham Palace. I mean, look at that. Contemporary houses. You've changed your reading, haven't you, there, Gary? Oh no, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking about a bookshelf behind Gary, and it's full of incredibly interesting architectural house books.
2: Gary, you're living in a mansion, aren't you? (laughs) No. Yes, (laughs) you are living in a mansion. You're living the dream (laughs) with a swimming pool.
1: No, it's true though, isn't
2: it? It's true though, isn't it?
1: It's not. (laughs) <laughs> He's gone all coy. <laughs> no, I
2: just don't
0: like talking about personal stuff or some.
1: Oh, is it per What, what did you do in the swimming pool? <coughs> Didn't
0: invite Michael Barrymore over, that's for certain.
1: <laughs> right, OK, well, look, we probably... Has, has Gary not invited you for a pool party, Gary? Has he not invited you over? No, I, you oh. know, I mean, you're a certain person in Tunbridge Wells. <coughs> and you're I, not invited. There you go, exactly. Royal Tunbridge Wells. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. I hope you're enjoying it down there. Anyway, In nice the part of the world. What, what,
0: In, what was going to be your
1: question? There was an actual question somewhere. Probably, but you know, me, oh no, that so was it. You said about a run-off. A run-off. Yeah, I was going to suggest, and then Andy was denying that his was a run. <laughs> I was, was literally his an impression of Gary. He he thinks you sound like that. I think that's pretty. Does sound like that? It doesn't at all. (laughs) Well, I think it doesn't at all. Actually, he's right. No, I'll have you know, it doesn't sound like that at all.
0: (laughs) Now you sound like a shit Michael Caine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael Caine's brother. Okay, (laughs) Gary, Gary Caines, Harry Caine, Harry Caine. Oh, yeah, you want to sign him still, don't
2: you? <coughs> I think we should put a cheeky bid in for Harry Kane. I genuinely do. We were talking about that at lunch, weren't we?
1: Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think we could get a cheeky bid in there, Gary?
0: I don't know. I'd like to think they could, but I don't know. Would, would I like us to put a cheeky bid in? Yes. I think. Gary, you do should. realise
2: the, the, um, the point of a podcast is to express opinions. I know, but he was asking me whether I,
0: I had an opinion or whether Chelsea would do it. And I was saying, I don't know. But would I like them to do it? Then yes, I would like them to do it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Thank you for clarifying your position. I just need to
0: make it clear that I don't know anything about the internal workings of Chelsea Football Club. Right.
1: But you told me you knew everything. That was to
0: impress you. Oh, okay. And then
1: I got you into bed. (laughs) <laughs> and now I don't need to
0: impress you anymore.
1: What a horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> oh, thought. my God. Even I'm feeling queasy as usual. It yeah, you were queasy that night as well. Oh,
2: dear, oh, dear.
1: Oh dear, oh dear. Um, uh, moving on, because I'm actually feeling strangely violated here. Um, I think we should uh, talk more about football. Actually, we'll talk more about meeting up, because that's the first time we've met up in ages. Yeah, and it was not. Like, it was nice to have a bit of a football chat over lunch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was nice.
2: It's... Gary behaved himself. Wasn't he too common. Wasn't too common in the restaurant, which was
1: nice. <laughs> Said the posh man Andy.
2: <laughs> I, d- I, d- I, I did mean... complain to them where
0: I was like, you know, where is my starter fork? Where is my dessert spoon?
2: Yeah, in a Thai restaurant.
1: Yeah, <laughs> awful. <laughs> Can have that at the Ivy. Well, no. Well, they, they <laughs> the don't. Where, Ivy. Where is the butler? We're, but of course, you're probably used to that. Uh, now.
2: Answer me this question though, Kerry.
1: Yes. Why
2: did we get there so ridiculously <laughs> early?
1: Well, it wasn't that early, we, so we could have a good chat and we could have a good feed. I mean, we still got the game there. started at four o'clock,
2: and you made us get there at one thirty. That's
1: all right. No, we didn't. Leave. I, I, it made one. me one. in fact, one, one.
2: It's three hours, and then Gary says you've got form doing this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's nice to get there early. And honestly, when we,
0: we travelled to Monaco for our recent trip with a. Uh, Mr Bates Kerry was there five hours before the flight is Is that true?
1: no it's nonsense it's gang. you you can see by his reaction it's it's not true four hours and thirty minutes I wasn't I was there three hours before the flight
0: (laughs) the flight was at three and you were there at eleven I wasn't there at eleven I'm going to dig this out (laughs) I'm (laughs) here
1: I was there I'm just getting up what are you doing? Well, at what time? You were there at 10.30 anyway. You were there half an hour before me.
2: Anyway. Uh, Yeah, moving on. You're a man Um, that likes to get places early. We've established uh, that.
1: Well, when you come from far away, the one thing you don't want to do is miss your allotted time for something. And also, we know what trains are like. (laughs) They can always be a bit dodgy, but... Anyway, we did only get in the ground 20-odd minutes before the game, 25 minutes before the game. So it wasn't that early, when you think about it. And you were really sparkling repartee over lunch. Well, I was. Um, And your son, Harry, of course, because actually he should be... You know what, Andy, you should retire and let Harry take over. He's more than welcome. (laughs) To it. <laughs> frankly, frankly, he is. I've been saying warned. how did
0: how did Andy raise like an affable person? Because <laughs> I've met Joel and he's all right as well. And I'm like, clearly, Karen was the uh, the
2: influence here. Yeah, well, the teen that's influence. Certain, certainly true.
1: <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, look, Let's 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 go back in time a little bit because. After the disappointment of the cup the final, the runoff.
0: Before you forget, the runoff.
1: Well, I don't think Andy's going to play because he thinks he's Gary, not Ron. But you could do a bit more Gary stroke Ron if you want to, and I'll judge them.
0: Well, no, but you said we could we could have a runoff because you were going to refer to the yeah. nameless person we met after the game who did Peter Braybrook, not Ron.
1: What? what? We, I, I, I don't understand what's going I, on. I, no, I haven't got a clue. What, what are you saying? I thought, because when we went out
0: for some drinks after, we met up with my mate.
1: Yeah. Who
0: didn't have to go to the allotment. Right. And then, well, uh, he was talking a bit like this. And you went, oh, that's a good Ron. I went, no, that's Peter Braybrook.
1: Oh, I didn't hear your very witty aside. I thought that's what you were getting to. No, I was just doing it because Andy sounded like Ron. Oh.
0: Oh, okay. This is, yeah. this is as confusing as Chelsea's performance. God, I yes. think we've literally lost every listener we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, but it's well, the we've, last show, We've done show, the normal so 15 matter. minutes of waffle anyway that pisses them off, so... <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, and that's it. So now we got on with the football stuff. So there we were, recovering after Cup final misery, and uh, it was Leicester at home. Now, this had all the hallmarks of a right damp squib, didn't it, Andy?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the context for this is we only needed a point to qualify for the Champions League. Um, That would have been good enough. I mean, we still needed to... um, Oh, right. We needed a point to finish above Spurs. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we qualified for Champions League. So we did. This so was we needed a point to
2: third. yeah, to guarantee third and finish above Spurs. So not a huge amount on the game. Uh the lineup was pretty strong I thought. Chalobah, Silva, Rudiger, um, and Mendy uh with James and Alonso as the full fullbacks, Jorginho and Kanté as the double six and Ziyech, uh, Pulisic and Lukaku. So he wasn't um taking his foot off the gas
1: and uh yeah, pretty strong team. Pretty strong team. And how did you think this would go, Gary, with a side like that? It should have been enough to roll over Leicester, shouldn't it?
0: Well, I said it would be 3-3 this game, if you remember rightly. And it became 1-1, which is about right, I think. Because the team, I think, at the start of a season when they're all fresh and etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you'd expect us to be you know, turning Leicester over. But it was a team that did exactly what we expected it to do.
1: Yeah, it... But there, there is, it, I think these last two games have kind of really shown us where we are this season. I mean, the Leicester game, it was quite painful. I mean, I didn't go down for it because I just couldn't bear the thought of getting back again at one in the morning or whatever. Andy, you went, didn't you?
2: yeah and it's 90 minutes i'm never going to get back frankly uh f- listen if you look at the stats from the game for what they're worth we had 70% possession we had 20 shots on target uh, 20 shots to their two seven of those shots were on target to their one they scored in the 6th minute Uh, and then we had a series of chances which we didn't take, notably Pulisic, who missed an absolute sitter, and uh, eventually managed to equalise via Alonso in the 35th minute, and the rest of it was utterly, utterly forgettable.
1: And and Gary, do you not think that we've we've actually become a good statistical side? Because as Andy says there, our stats say something whereas the actual game says something else in fact we were talking yesterday at the game about how it would be interesting to see how many chances Chelsea create and the actual conversion rate of those chances compared to say Liverpool and Man City because I wouldn't be surprised if we created nearly as many chances as those two teams but we're absolutely profligate in finishing what just do you have to think look at the Gary? XG don't you yeah. that's what you have to do I, yeah, yeah it's just... I <clears throat> So oh, Gary, well,
0: it's just been the story of the season. It's not anything new. It's not like we've become anything. It's just that we knew this at the back end of last season. We knew it at the start of this season. The hope was that Lukaku would change that, which he sort of did for five games, and then just disappeared. Um, and I just think that what you see with the stats, with the possession, they do everything right in terms of build up and and whatnot. But it's just always in their final third. It's the last ball or it's the being in front of goal like Pulisic was against Leicester and just sort of snatching it and putting it wide and not having the confidence to trust in their own ability to sort of use their technique to guide it in. And that's been an issue since the dawn of time with Chelsea, right? (laughs) Especially with this current era of player, we're just in front of goal since Diego Costa went which is not the threat that we should be. We do everything to create the opportunities and we just leave the door open for teams all the time.
1: And, and, and Andy, you, you were talking about XG there. In a way, that's kind of true. But I guess what I was trying to say is that the amount of chances we actually create... Mm. That doesn't actually become signified by the XG, does it?
2: Sort of. I mean, XG is expected goals, you know, so if you create the chance, um, and it's a significant chance, it probably goes against XG. But just to let you know, Manchester City's XG is 2.53, Liverpool's is 2.544, and ours is third with 1.95. You know, so we're creating the third best XG... Uh, and I guess we're third in the table. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's some correlation.
0: I think uh, XG comes into it as well, though, when it's about the shot being made at goal. So if you're putting a lovely ball in the box and no one's getting on the end of it, yeah, that doesn't count towards your XG. That yeah. That might be a chance created.
2: I, I suppose so yeah I, I suppose XG. that's true and 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 you know if you look at the chances that we create versus you know the ones that we finish it's really poor, really poor and you know we are very very profligate, and we talked yesterday about yeah, we can talk about center backs and we can talk about you know having a driving number eight midfielder, but really what we need is somebody who can score between 20 and 30 goals a season you know and we don't really have that at the moment and I can't see anybody in our team that's going to do that um you know you've got quite a lot of players that can score between 10 and 20 but have you got someone who can score between 20 and 30 because that's what wins you leagues
1: but there are very few of these strikers around at the moment I mean would you say this is one of the poorest ages for actually world strikers Gary
0: not really. I think players are scoring more goals now than they ever have. Yeah, but, I just think okay, that,
1: but there aren't that many striker strikers. Yeah, out OK, there. but
0: goal scorers of what, what you think of as a striker and a goal scorer t- has become something very different now. I think if you're talking about the traditional sense of a Gary Lineker, then yeah, of course it's weak. But it's not weak for a bad reason. It's weak because football's evolved. Um, what
1: you mean? More more players score a number of goals as opposed to relying on yeah, one but or
0: two. Yeah, then you look at the levels of goal that you know Benzema's got this season, and what Ronaldo and Messi have been doing, and what Lewandowski's doing. They're hitting numbers that were unheard of twenty years ago consistently. You know, yep. Even you know Harry Kane and Son, the goals they've scored for Spurs this season. You know Son. Going away with the um, the golden boot, (laughs) ha ha ha! Unlucky Salah, no Um, penalties, and yeah, to to be scoring goals to that level,
2: no penalties in there as well. You know, I mean, a high number of goals—that's amazing. You know, Mane, you wouldn't say he was an an out-and-out striker. You wouldn't say you probably wouldn't say Salah was, but you know, and so on. You know, they are. Forward players, they're not the big number nine in the middle, and that's why you know the bag of cement we've got in Lukaku just isn't working at the moment. You know, they're we,
0: more traditional in, in the sense that we talk about them as being these modern players, but when you go back to you know old school football, they're inside forwards, yeah, inside forwards that don't, they, you know, they stopped existing for a while and now they're back, yeah. And the way that teams are playing on the attack, whoever that number nine is in the idea of what the nine is without labelling it the false nine or whatever, they're always that link player to bring those inside forwards into play. And that's how you see Son scoring his goals. You see how he scored his goals against Norwich Yeah, in that way. you know, It's about overlaps and breaking and transitions, right? So goal scorers aren't necessarily strikers in the sense that you think they are, but the whole concept of someone who's scoring goals, therefore you label them as a striker, I think they're as would you healthy put Eden, now. Would you, as put,
2: they, would you put Eden Hazard in that? bracket well he's an inside forward isn't he that's what I'm saying well, you'd, yeah. so you'd say he was one of those players yeah. and, and we like haven't to really in... replaced that have we we thought it might be Pulisic we thought it might be Ziyech we thought it might be Mount but you know Mount's done very well this season but none of them are looking like they're going to score 25 goals a season no.
0: I, I don't think Mount is an inside forward I think the inside forwards in that team are Ziyech hudson Adoy, and Pulisic and then what you've got is you've got these players who are sort of like weird eight type players which are Mount and Havertz and Havertz now is becoming a striker
2: mm. it but is odd won't. the way it is odd the way that that modern football has transitioned into do we really need a striker you know um or have we actually got as you say inside forwards I think it is very interesting so what would you be looking at Gary would you be looking at Harry Kane as your kind of ideal world well, yeah <laughs> or would you be looking at you know a player you know that was fitting more of the inside forward role
0: I think that Chelsea needs someone who can play through the middle because we've got too much of the same thing, and I think that is a problem. And I think Havertz, try as he might, can do it at times, but he's not that player. I don't think he's strong enough to be that player. He doesn't, that's not to say he's weak, but he just doesn't use his body in the way that someone through the middle needs to, right? And that's not to say that you need Tony Cascarino or Lukaku through the middle. But um, I, I just think that for Chelsea, they need to. This summer, outside of the defence, for the strikers, they need to do something dramatically. And I would say, top of my list would be Kane, Lewandowski, and Gabriel Jesus. One of those three.
2: And Lewandowski being essentially an old man now, that's only a stopgap,
0: though, right? Well, it's a better stopgap that, you know, let's say you get a stopgap that does it for three years and we win two titles because of it. We've had a stopgap at the back, and look what he's done for the defence.
1: Yeah, no, it would be, think, it'd be an expensive stock gap
0: But the thing is, what you're seeing with these players as well is they're playing longer into their careers. Mm. The way their training has changed, um, you know, the way they're doing stuff away from football, looking after their bodies, they're playing at a higher level for a longer time. And whether Lewandowski would be willing to come to Chelsea, I don't know. Um, Obviously, Mbappe's situation now has meant that there's an opening at Real Madrid. But would Real Madrid be able to afford him? I don't know. They, they obviously they, they were going to break the bank for Mbappe, but that's because he was a 23 year old. And I think Chelsea have got leverage with Lukaku, where they could maybe use Lukaku to send him to Bayern and have Lewandowski go the other way. Whether Bayern would want that, I don't know. But just thinking of what the options would be.
2: How mm. um, I many? He's 33 now. You know, I mean, that's, that's not, you know, is that, is that, do we want, do we want to be doing that if we're building a team?
0: Not really, but at the same time, you've got to look at it and think, okay, where are the strikers in the world right now? The, The best young striker in the world has just gone to Man City. So what can we do that keeps us competitive for two to three years? Do we go broke on Lukaku and say, this has just got to work? Or do we look at what the options are? And I think Lewandowski whether he's 33 or or what, is a great option for two to three years. Whether they just say, look, let's bring him in for two to three years. He's going to come in. We know he's going to score goals because of the chances we create. He's going to play the way that we need him to play. That's going to allow us to be doing other things elsewhere in the, on the pitch. And in that time, for all we know, Brozier could become, or Breuer, however you pronounce his name, he could become the player you want him to be. But he's just spent a season on loan at Southampton. You can't just expect him to come into Chelsea and bang in. goals a season so it's about sort of just looking at and thinking okay in the long term how do we make a short-term decision that benefits us because we've done that in the past we have done it in the past and it's worked and it's come back to haunt us later on down the line as well right where you think about um, De Bruyne obviously incredible player I love watching him play and you see the way that City when they needed it to win the league he sort of stepped up in that game and made it happen right and we let him go. But why did we let him go? Because we couldn't have a team that had De Bruyne and Hazard in it when Oscar was operating in there. You know, we, didn't, we didn't want to wait for De Bruyne to become De Bruyne. You know? And maybe we sort of flip that and just think, okay, we'll bring someone in to help the others that
1: are coming through become the players they are. Do you, do you see what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, to- I totally agree. <clears throat> it's buying everyone the right amount of time. That's that's what it's yeah. about, isn't it? Because sometimes you do just have players at the wrong moment in time. And, yeah, and I, think,
0: been... I think that's what happened with Salah and it's what happened with De Bruyne because they are a significant stick, you know, with which Chelsea are beaten with. And I sort of get it because I'm like, OK, look, you'd let two incredible talents go. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, but then you can look at the other side and think, well, with De Bruyne going, Chelsea... Signed Fabregas and they used that money to sign Costa as well, right? The same with Salah later on down the line that they used that money to buy other players. And so you can look at it both ways. But the issue being is that the players that they bought in are since long gone at Chelsea. So you can think of it about if Chelsea played the long game, so maybe someone like Lewandowski could be that you play the short game, short-term short plan to, in order to implement the long-term plan. Because if you do look at it, outside of the three players I just mentioned there, Kane, Jesus... Because Jesus, I, I can't believe Arsenal are in for him. And I just think if he's going to go for that money, Chelsea should be up there trying to get him.
1: Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting player. He... He seems to blow very hot and cold up at City in the fact that one minute he's in the side and he looks immovable and then he's gone for ages and then he comes back on, then he hits a hat-trick. He's a very strange player, but I mean, there's no doubt he's got all the talent.
0: Yeah, and they're talking and yes, you know, it's just transfer rumours and what, but they're talking £35 million for him to go to Arsenal. I just think in this market as well, £35 million for Jesus would be an absolute steal.
2: Well, yeah, because yeah, he hasn't got very long left on his contract, has he? That's what it is. But
0: that's incredible, though, to think you could take, you could weaken Man City. Okay, granted, are they really bothered because they've got Haaland? But still, you can weaken their squad and bring him to Chelsea. And you think the amount of chances we create, he's got a habit of always scoring against Chelsea anyway, but the amount of chances we create, I would bank on him getting 18 to 22 goals a season.
2: He's only 25 as well.
1: Yeah. Know, so. Prime period for, yeah. a, for a, interesting, a
2: interesting uh, thought, Jesus. Um, don't think he's again necessarily the long term answer, but he'd certainly strengthen. Problem is, you know, are we going to be able to get that talismanic front player like a Costa, like a Drogba, you know, somebody that's going to drag us to the, you know, to the league title through sheer weight of goals? the Answer is, as Kerry pointed out, where are they? You know, the only one that was really available at that level was Holland, and he's gone. Um, Harry Kane, that's why I'm saying maybe it's worth putting a cheeky bid in yeah, for yeah. him. Because where's he going to go now? You know, I mean, f- Liverpool don't need him. Um, you know, City have got someone. United have probably spent all their money. I mean, and the only other place. Why would he broad- go to United either? You do does it, he think. Well, only because it's a new project, you know, with, with the new guy coming in. I understand, in. but he,
0: has, he hasn't got time for a new project. That's the thing. He's, well, his aim is right, that he? he needs to win things now. And yeah. Whether Chelsea I mean, he might break say, the bank he,
2: for him. Yeah, he might say, look, Champions League football next year, you know, Tottenham strength in their squad. Uh, you know, I that's mean, not enough for him. He, wanted, he was trying to force that move through to City because
0: he wanted to be involved in what they had happen at the weekend, winning trophies, right? At Chelsea, it's not a guarantee you're going to win trophies, but really, out of the, the top teams in England, Chelsea, well, maybe in this order, City, Liverpool and Chelsea are the ones primed to be winning now. And if you're a player like Lewandowski or Kane, you don't want to spend a year or two thinking, "Oh, I'll wait until we might be able to win something." They want to win it now. And Kane has won nothing in his career. And if he's got any ambition, he should really go in and force that move through. Yeah. Was, Otherwise, yeah. he's going
2: to end up like Steve Bull, isn't he? Or you or know, Matt Latissio, or Matt Latissio, the one, yeah, the one club it, it'd player it'd be a who wins nothing. Shame. Yeah, yeah it would be, be a, a crying shame. Yeah, would be a crying shame. And he doesn't strike me as the kind of player that wants to go abroad either. So uh, unless. You know, unless AC Milan or Juventus come in and offer him ridiculous amounts of money. Or As we money.
0: spoke about when we were talking about this, you know, over our, um, our uh, what was it, the the chicken satay. Not for um, me. Not my game. <laughs> oh, sorry, the tofu satay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, with, with Kane, you look at it and you think, well, it's, just, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that a Spurs player could go to Chelsea, right? Right. I know we, we were joking about, oh, Gordon Jury did it, but you look at the biggest one, I guess, in modern times, was Sol Campbell Leave, running down his contract, going on the free transfer to Arsenal. Obviously, that happened because Sol Campbell had the ability to control his own destiny and that he didn't have a contract anymore. But it shows that players are willing to do it. And Sol Campbell moved for the very reason that Harry Kane should move, because he wanted to win things. Granted, he ended up going to Arsenal at a time when They were sort of, you know, Chelsea came along, knocked him off their perch. But he still won a league title. He was still part of the Invincibles. He still did things. Whereas Kane is not going to do it at Spurs. They're not going to win the league next year. Everyone knows that. They're too far off. Chelsea won't win the league next year without someone like Kane.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and the chances are the rebuild will be a little bit of a longer rebuild. And to be fair, that's what Tuchel's talked about, that we have a rebuilding programme to to take on here and I think that's quite interesting hearing the words that Tuchel's using now because he's setting his stall out isn't he for the new owners and we'll get to talk about the new owners in the second half of the program in a minute but he is seems to be focused on there is something happening here and I'm going to be central to the thoughts that go into this through this summer so I, I think Tuchel is probably going to have for Probably a short period of time, more power than a manager has had at Chelsea for a long, long time. What do you think, Andy?
2: I think that's probably true. Uh, Listen, I'm going to ask you a question. If we were, for example, to buy Declan Rice and two of those six players that play in an attacking role suddenly have amazing seasons, Lukaku bangs in 20 goals, uh, Mason Mount ups his goal ratio to about 15, uh, Pulisic slash Ziyech gets 15, could we then win the league?
1: Yeah, we could always win the league. It just depends who we've bought at the back, though.
2: Mm. Well, let's assume that we're going to buy defenders. You know, okay, they, yeah,
1: you know. look, I, I think it's probably unlikely for next season. I, would, I still see this as potentially more like another year on top of that. But, hey, look, if the, if the cards fall right in the way they did with Costa and, and Fabregas, anything's possible, isn't it, Gary?
0: Yeah, I think what Andy described there was league winning form. I think if those are players, gonna win. Yeah, it, but if they all did what they're meant to do, we'd win the league. Yeah, I, and I do think that look, City and Liverpool got the benefit if they've got managers that have been in situ for five and six years. No, sorry, seven and six years with Klopp and Guardiola. You see, that's how they're able to overcome the moments that they overcome because one, we know the managers are, are talented and they're. You know, intelligent people who are able to implement their ideas and get teams to buy into them. But equally, it builds a sense of, we've been in this situation, we know how to get around it. Now, maybe Man City, if they kept chopping and changing managers, I know I'm talking hypothetically, but they go behind like they did against Villa and they look to the bench and they don't know what's coming from the manager, whereas they knew and... Okay, granted, I watched it on highlights on Match of the Day, but I just saw a team that just went into another gear that's went, we know what we're doing, boom, 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 and it was just methodical in the way that they did it because you see the way they were set up and penning you know, pen Aston Villa in. They play a certain way, and anyone who comes in adjusts really quick because they all know what they're doing. At Chelsea, I still get this idea of the players don't quite know what they're doing. That's why they get into the final third, and they're sort of like, do I run left do I do this do I do that and I think that's a problem
2: so we're about six or seven games behind City's final total and we had eleven draws and we always say it's the draws that kill you it's always the draws that kill you and we lost six games you're telling me that there's not six or seven games we could have won this season if we hadn't dropped points in the last minute or got stupid draws or silly losses against Brentford, you know, or or I mean look I think that you know talking about that xG or those chances created not taken, you know, if you put those together and there's a lot of shoulda woulda couldas in there, I don't think we're that far off. We just need two or three players to step up. You know, I genuinely yeah. think that
1: I think you're right. I think we've got the players. So look, I, we we could carry this one on all day. But um, we do have to go to our break in a sec. Um, and just to say, well, we got the point against Leicester. We guaranteed third place. It meant we could look forward to banging in lots and lots of goals against Watford. But it didn't, it didn't quite happen like that. Anyway, we'll discuss that. Can when I just
0: say back. why Kerry laughed? Because Kerry held up a sign saying we had to be done by a certain amount of time. And Harry, uh, Harry he wouldn't do this. He's a <laughs> oh, nice guy. Andy held up a sign saying, F you.
1: Yeah, he did. It was so rude. I he made me corpse, though. So well done. Right, we're going to a break where I'm going to recompose myself. And we're back. Right. Well, I'm recomposed and we're ready for the last half of the last Chelsea of the season. So there we were waiting for Watford. It was going to be a celebration of everything we've done this season. Or so we thought. And then the game started. Uh, Andy, lunch was the best thing about that day at Stamford Bridge, wasn't it?
2: Well, let's be honest. What we were really, really interested uh, about yesterday was Liverpool not winning the league. You know that that was that was the main priority. I think not just for us, but for most people in the ground. So I got to be honest. I watched the first half, and it was we came out of the traps, and we looked great for ten minutes. And we we're like, why don't we pass the ball this quickly normally? You know, the handbrakes off. This is brilliant. And then it sort of settled down into its uh, uh, usual sunambulant pace. Um, and uh, halftime came, and it was. You know, all kind of boring. And then the second half, when we discovered that uh, City were losing uh, and Liverpool uh, only needed one goal, I think everybody spent the entire second half refreshing the BBC or Sky Sports scores feed on their phone, desperately hoping that uh, Manchester City would score some goals. And they did. And there was a big cheer when they did. And I think many people were actually watching the game. No,
1: but there, there was also there was several breakouts of "Come on, City! Come on, City!" which just made me laugh. I mean, the Chelsea players must have been wondering what on earth we can't even get our fans to support us now. Yeah, uh, you know, when they're vocal, it's about another side. So yeah, it yeah. was, it was, it was hysterical from that point of view. Um, what were your takeouts of of the day, Gary? What Part the game? Of, Apart from you got taken out for a few drinks and got quite pissed last night, didn't you?
0: I did. I didn't get home till after midnight. (gasps) Gosh, Gary, you're so wild. Full use of the rail replacement service.
1: Do they (laughs) let people in that late in Royal Tunbridge Wells? Well, I had to knock on the gate. (laughs) Right. Ask the gatekeeper. Give the password.
0: And was like, (laughs) he who shall pass must answer this one question. I won't tell you what the question was. Is the password? But the answer was Andy
2: Thatcher.
0: (laughs) No, the answer was Andy. (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, uh, Right. Okay. Well, it it was a a funny old game, Watford, and as usual, we did everything that we could to give Watford a nice send-off down to the Championship. Um, But luckily, they were too bad. to to keep a hold of their goal. I mean, listen, once
2: Havert scored that goal after 11 minutes, it looked like it was going to be, you know, plain sailing until, of course, Gosling popped up and scored three minutes from the end and we were like, oh, here's another draw. And then, you know, on came came Mr Barkley, um, you know, who'd been previously spotted coming on for three minutes just to take a penalty in the the, uh, uh, FA Cup final um, to, uh, you know, to, to... to put in a kind of miraculous last kick of hopefully his Chelsea career
1: well it was like the day of endangered footballers because you had you had Kennedy playing who did his usual I was saying to Gary see when you see him do things like that you do wonder why he where he's been why hasn't he played yeah but you know, there's the other side of him. A cue, literally about thirty seconds later, and he passes the ball about seven yards straight to one of their attackers. He's
2: utterly brainless. Uh, he's very, he he's very skillful and very talented yeah. when he's but, up in the uh, attacking third of the pitch. You know, he always looks like he can make something happen, but. Oh, my word, He's 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 got the football, you know, brain talent of a bollard.
0: He's one of these guys where people say, oh, the football freestylers are so good. Why can't they be professionals?
2: Uh,
1: just look at Kennedy. Yeah.
2: You're right, spot on. Can't even spell his name right. He's got one one less end than he should have.
1: Yeah, no of course that's just ridiculous. Um but also the th- the thing about Kennedy, he makes Alonso look like a dedicated defender. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> he just he just is all over the shop. Mind and you the-
2: mind you when Dave tried to score the best own goal of all time, you know he did actually make Kennedy look like a dedicated defender at that point. I unbelievable! I thought it was
0: Thiago Silva that ran
2: back to get it. Well, he did, but it was Dave who almost passed it into his into the goal. Oh,
0: isn't? sorry, I thought you were saying that he made him look like a dedicated defender by the fact no. he was running to the line. And and didn't
1: and we were talking also about poor old Tiago? He looked absolutely knackered yesterday because he, he was having to do way more work than he thought you he was going to do. You could hear him fudding on the pitch. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant, though, wasn't he? Was he was so heavy. he was
2: fantastic yesterday. He
1: just is a wonderful player. Yeah. And okay, the, the other thing, I mean, we're not really talking about the game particularly because not much to mention really. But um, Mike the, Dean's the other,
2: final game. Thank thankfully. God. yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) goodbye Mike Dean that'll be the title for this week's show um but yeah Mike
0: Dean slaughters chickens (laughs) what what oh don't you listen to the Peter Crouch podcast they had him on there
2: right and
0: um he was telling the story about before he became a professional referee he uh worked in a um chicken factory slaughtering chickens oh okay
1: Wish it had stayed there. So but that's that's um, their
0: saying on the Peter Crouch podcast. Always right. going up there. Oh, Mike Dean slaughters chickens.
1: Fair enough. Um, so so yes, uh, it was it was really an odd old game. Um, what did you make of? Rudiger being allowed to get a standing ovation having signed for another team. I love Rudiger, and
2: I think that's perfectly, perfectly acceptable. And anybody that would deny Antonio Rudiger a standing ovation after the last couple of seasons he's had is a moron, Kerry.
0: I completely agree with you. They should have done it. But what I would have liked them to have done with him is done it with the, you know, like they did with JT after 26 minutes. They could have done it after the second minute of him to get him (laughs) him off.
2: Yeah. Come on, the, the come on! <laughs> I mean, this, this, you know. Oh, a footballer has signed for another club. Shock horror! He must be a complete traitor. I mean, come on, grow up! No, grow not up. Tra- I'm d- not bothered about care. that. I'm not bothered I about it. Leave enough ways. Kerry asked. Vocal, the, Kerry asked the contentious question.
1: Well, of course, just to get the rise out of you, and I did it. So, yeah. my what job do you is... think, Kerry? What do I think? I, yeah, I thought it was quite nice. I, I just thought. It was no, a say what you really think. Okay, you didn't even clap. Neither did you. I know I did you not clap, Kerry? I, I, I don't right. clap for goals, Kerry, either. I so. don't clap because I was tired. No, I mean, I think it's He'd I He'd cherries because yeah, I was eating the cherries that he brought me up from Kenya, you know very Andy,
0: nice. I bought him a bag of cherries, right? What? And I thought, cherries? oh, he'll like them. And I thought, Jackie will have them. He ate them all to himself. Didn't After leave any for Jackie. massive lunch that he ate. Yeah, through
1: the game. There was the, and this was a nice
0: kilo bag of cherries. It wasn't a kilo. And he ate it all to himself, and he didn't even save it. And I went, are you going to save any for Jackie? He went, nah.
1: <laughs> that wasn't quite how I said it. But anyway, back to... All right, to, so I'll back, tell him how he said it. But <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. Uh, back to Rudiger. Um, yeah, I just thought his statement was a bit weird. This this week when he said, you know, when you you don't get an answer from a club from August to January, um, it's very difficult to make a decision. Leaving out the bit that he then got offered two hundred and thirty grand a week, um, it was quite well tailored. I mean, you'd probably liked it. Um, well, number yeah, one,
2: I don't believe what I read in the papers, and I keep telling you, and I have told you for the he last ten years. He phoned me told me
1: this don't personally
2: believe this nonsense you read in the papers. Secondly, of course There was a quote from him. Secondly, of course, as a free agent he gets a massive signing on fee for anybody that he goes to. And I don't know whether we offered him a signing on fee. You know, he might have been offered, you know, five million euros to go as a signing on fee to Real Madrid and we may not have offered him that. So the money's irrelevant. And secondly, anybody that thinks footballers are fans of a football club and are duty bound to stay at them after a certain point is an idiot, Kerry. (laughs)
1: Oh, I love it. I just thought I'd get one last go in before the end of the season. Did you not clap no, him,
2: though, after those two years that he put in? He's my player of the season.
1: I did a little
2: bit and then stopped.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, I'm not, you know, Gary's, everyone uh, Gary's else is shaking his head. I, I did
0: not <laughs> clap him, but like I said, I don't even clap goals. But um, Mason Mann was player of the season.
2: <laughs> Mason yeah. Mount was, was one of the players of the season. Oh, I mean, he was the official player of the season. Yeah, but he was outstanding. He was he was very Head and good. shoulders above everyone. I think Thiago Silva's got a shout for player of the season. I think Ruding has got a shout. was that
0: good. Havertz has copied his haircut.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think he actually yeah. has. Well, that's true. Um, I, I think all three of those have got a shout for player of the season. I personally liked Rudiger's aggression and his leadership and his commitment throughout the season. That's what I liked about it. But I think if you looked at what Mason's contributed in terms of assists and goals, it'd be hard
1: not to make a case for him as well. And, and technically, you know, you can't give player of the year to an ex Chelsea player, it's just not right. <sighs> <laughs> no he was he was brilliant he was brilliant this season look he did everything he's a massive on the... loss well we'll see who we get in we might have forgotten about him by the end of the first half of the first game of the season that's what you're hoping isn't it that we find somebody who comes in who can be just strong dedicated and be a great defender so we have just got to hope that they're going to find that through the summer um, and and in them we must trust Well look we're getting very close To, to the time we've got to go uh, So the last thing I wanted to say Was when the game was over And everyone came out to see the crowd And what have you I thought it's very interesting That Tuchel came out first And went straight into the arms of Todd Bowley Who was there to greet all the players Saw them all but didn't go on the lap of honour With the team as well I thought that was quite an interesting moment. For you know, we've got all this worry about will will the deal get completed. It looks to me as though they're all pretty certain it's going to go ahead. I thought it was quite nice and quite interesting that he was there on the pitch to meet them. What did you make of it as a PR moment, Andy? Oh, it seemed
2: pretty genuine, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, they all seemed to f- have met him and spoken to him and knew who he was. He wasn't some sort of figure that had just gone out there. There was this kind of slightly shady bloke at the, at the beginning of the thing with his child, which was almost like, shake hands with my son or you're fired. Um, that was a bit odd, and then they sort of make their way down to 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 Todd, and there was seem to be some sort of genuine genuine affection there. He wasn't going to go on the lap of honour because he hasn't contributed anything to the season. So no, you know, but from you that, could
1: imagine from... people going on it and thinking, "I'm all part of it." What well, yeah. meant
2: was he understood that. I think he what? has got an innate sense of of um, you know of the optics of the situation. So I mean, ho- look, hopefully this deal gets done. We we kind of move on and uh, and, and we we move into a new era under his stewardship one thing i would like to mention was the brilliant i thought brilliant banner in the uh shed end that was unveiled i thought it was fantastic so whoever put that together i think it's the we are the shed it's a we are uh, the shed people i thought that was really really good
1: absolute genius what did you think gary and what did you make of todd bowley gary doesn't clap that kind of stuff no he loved it he takes photos of that kind of stuff Oh yeah, but no, I just feel, because they,
0: they always like it when fans, because they can't see it obviously themselves, so they like it when fans take the pictures and tag them, so I just took a video of it being unveiled and yeah. tagged them, that was It was all.
2: good though, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was really good, um, I think they should do more stuff, obviously the fans pay for that as well, so uh, yeah. for anyone who's not familiar with them, um, you can find them on social media, but the club,
2: at We they, Are The Shed, yeah,
0: yeah, and the club offered, someone who's listening from We Are The Shed might correct me on the exact details but i know the club offers or offered for certain banners to be put together but they want independence so they're like no we want the fans to do it we don't want the club just to give us money to because they don't want it to be too engineered right so it's all fan driven it's raised by you know the money's raised by fans from um social media campaigns to get those things made i thought it was really good i'd I'd like it to to be used way more than just once it's too good to be just used once yeah but maybe have it come down from the top of the shed so it's not over the crowd and they have yeah. it sort of hang right in front of the stand i think that would look lovely
1: that'd yeah, be great all right well look we are out of time now um so i've got one last prediction for you to make is this a summer to look forward to or a summer to fear andy Obviously,
2: a summer to look forward to. We've got new owners. They want going to be wanting to be making a statement. They're going to want to start next season on the right foot. I'm sure they've been in deep discussion with Thomas Tuchel about what he wants and how he sees his uh, squad shaping up. I think they're also going to be in conversation with Marina, um, you know, to stay or go. And so, if she goes, they're going to need a new director of football. So there's all sorts of exciting developments to come out. I think it's great that we haven't got any football this summer, any international football so that we can concentrate solely on the club side of things. Uh, players can get a great rest, and I genuinely think we'll be league contenders next season.
1: OK. Gary, lastly to you, Summit of Fear. I get the laporte? last word
2: on the season, do I?
1: Well, yeah, but make it short, because we've got to go in about I seconds. I think it's going
0: to be 2003 all over again, and if you want to remember what that excitement was like, And if you want to get the inside story to what happened, then tune in to The Blueprint, where you'll hear from the likes of Neil Sullivan on what changed at Chelsea that summer. We are at blueprint underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Find us on all good podcast platforms where you can subscribe right now. Over Excellent. and out baby.
1: Thank you very much. All right, well look, just before we go, I'd like to say thank you to our ever-present engineer, Leon Rachinski Gorman. Thank you ever so much for taking care of us this season. Yeah, well Leon, brilliant job. Yeah. Mate. Yeah, thank you for putting up with us. And of course, thank you to all the guests we've had over this season. And especially to Andy and Gary, who's become the third part of this unholy triumvirate. Thank you both, as always. It's been fantastic. I've enjoyed chewing the old cud with you both. And long may it continue. And let's hope we we do this again next year. So cheers, Andy. Cheers, Gary.
0: Chewing the crud. Uh,
1: See you later. Cud. Chewing the cud. (laughs) That's it. All right. Over and out. Keep the faith. Keep the blue flag flying. I here comes the summer. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at PlaybackMedia.co.uk. Sports, social, podcast network.